0: Hey everybody, you're listening to the Legacy Church podcast. Legacy Church is a multi-generational church that exists to worship God, become like Jesus and bring hope to our community. Today, we're sharing a message from our current series. We believe that the word of God is powerful and has real life application to our lives today. We hope that this message encourages you. Get connected and learn more about us by visiting our website at lgcy.church.
1: Welcome to Legacy Church Kitchener. If you are confused by that and you missed Vision Sunday, we have uh, not just rebranded, but it's a new identity for a new season. And um, God spoke to my husband's heart later, earlier actually this year, and said, I want to give you a new name for the next hundred years. And with that name was a purpose and a vision. And so we are Legacy Church, and um, we have a special guest today. She's not really a guest because she's a part of our family. If you haven't noticed, and you will notice, we're rotating our preaching team through both locations. We had Dr. K in Hamilton last Sunday. If you haven't met him and his family, they're a part of our family here. And uh, today we are kicking off The Christmas season here at Legacy, and we have a a dear friend of mine who has been serving God alongside me for 20 years, and she's a a dear friend of mine and an anointed worship leader and gifted communicator. So we're going to just welcome her as she comes. This is Leona Muller. She's bringing the...
0: Like Pastor Rachel said, uh, my name's Leona and I have been serving the Lord since the tender age of 17 when I walked into a church service and was like, okay, God, you're real. I wasn't even going to attend church. I was going to pick up my brother and sister and his presence just hit and I knew, I knew and uh... I'm married to a wonderful man who's not here with me today. Been married for 12 years, going on 13 years, and I have two beautiful boys. Oh, there they are, Cyrus and Jasper. Um, they're six and almost five. And believe me when I tell you that God has been so good and so faithful. And I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine what my life would be like if I hadn't stepped foot in his house, and said yes, and surrendered. I cannot even imagine what my life would be like. And I have the privilege to speak to you today from our Advent series. And what I hope to sort of unwrap, pun intended, because we're getting Christmas. I had to put that in there. If you'll humor me, is the truth that God has actually spoken to me and been walking through with me over the past six years now of my life. So when I was in my early 30s, or when I started to hit my 30s, I know some people look at me and they're like, you're in your 30s? I get that sometimes. People are like, oh, you might not be old enough to remember this. And I'm like, I'm older than I, than I look. I'll be 37 this year. But when I was approaching my 30s, I started to feel just like restless. And I had this kind of panic of like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna be 30. I haven't, I haven't done anything with my life, like, or where's my life going? And I laugh now, like I'm, I, it's only been seven years and I laugh now because I'm like, what, 30? So young, like yeah. Yeah. so much life left to live. And there's so many of you in this room who are like, really, 30? And you thought your life was over, I'm telling you, the drama was real. It was, but the whole point of that was it was there was something so much deeper inside of me that I didn't quite understand yet. And then when I started, we started a family, um, it kind of compounded that feeling of like, like, God God has called me to do things, I, I, you know, there's dreams he's put in my heart, and there's things that maybe I don't even know, I haven't even lived yet, and I feel like, is it going to happen, and like, maybe it's never going to like turn out, and like, I just, I take forever to learn things, and I just, I don't even know, and like, this, this panic, and this anxiety just hit. It was a very deep worry, and there was one particular day, um, well, actually, one of the things, I have to give a shout-out to my mom, because she's sat with me through so many of these conversations <laughs> of me panicking and her being like, what's going on? She said this one thing to me, and she said, what if God, because I was worried about, like, my calling, and, like, am I walking? Am my calling? And God has this calling? What would I do? And she's like, what if what God has called you to do is what you're doing right now? And I'm just going to give that little nugget before I get into this. And it hit me, and I was like, oh, I didn't really think about that. But after that, I remember specifically being in my kitchen at this apartment of this triplex we were living in at the time, and I had just had Cyrus. And I was walking around in the kitchen, and I was like, okay, like, this panic and this worry has got to go. Like, I knew I needed to surrender it, so I did. I stood in my kitchen. I remember where I was. I was standing by, like, kitchen cupboards. I have this very crazy memory where like I can just recall very significant things and sometimes not significant things, (laughs) sometimes just funny things. But for this instance, I was standing in my kitchen and I said, I was like, God, I surrender. I surrender my timeline. I surrender it to you. I'm done with this worry. I'm done. And he showed me, God shows me pictures and he showed me my timeline. Just like one of those old school ones with like the lines in it. And he put a big X through it. And I felt such relief, such relief in that moment. He didn't really say much. He just put a giant X through it. And I felt all of this. I felt like the magnitude of who he was in that moment. And he said to me, it was Isaiah 55, 8 to 9. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, So are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. See, because what I didn't understand leading up to that moment was that timing is everything. Now, we hear this phrase a lot, and it's because it's true. It's true in every facet of our lives. It's true in sports. It's true in cooking. It's true in parenting. It's true in our jobs. And it is so very true in the kingdom of God. So in the context of Advent, I'd like to take a look at two key people in the story of Jesus and how timing was indeed everything. And we're going to start with a man named Zechariah. And this story begins in Luke chapter 1, verses 5 through 20. And I'm reading this from God's Word translation. I kind of stumbled upon it. I've never really used that translation before, but this is the translation I am using. If you'd like to follow along it says, when Herod was king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the division of priests named after Abijah. Zechariah's wife Elizabeth was a descendant of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth had God's approval. They followed all the Lord's commands and regulations perfectly. Yet, they never had any children because Elizabeth couldn't become pregnant. Both of them were too old to have children. Zechariah was on duty with his division of priests. As he served in God's presence, he was chosen by priestly custom of casting lots, or like drawing straws, if anyone doesn't really know what casting lots means, it's like drawing straws to, find, to pick who's going to go. To go into the Lord's temple to burn incense. All the people were praying outside while he was burning incense. Then, to the right of the incense altar, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. Zachariah was troubled and overcome with fear. The angel said to him, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will have a son, and you will name him John. He will be your pride and joy, and many people will be glad that he was born. As far as the Lord is concerned, he will be a great man. He will never drink wine or any other liquor. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he's born. He will bring many people in Israel back to the Lord their God. He will go ahead of the Lord with the spirit and power that Elijah had. He will change parents' attitudes towards their children. He's being very specific here. Yeah. He will change disobedient people so that they will accept the wisdom of those who have God's approval. In this way, he will prepare the people for their Lord. And for Jesus, we know that John was the promised one to pave the way for Jesus. So what do we see here? We see that Zechariah and his wife, it says they have God's approval. And they followed all the Lord's commands and regulations perfectly, and yet... They couldn't have children because Elizabeth couldn't become pregnant. Both of them were too old at this point now to have children. It was too late. See, so you note know, these details are being included so that we can see how God moving in our lives and fulfilling promises isn't really based on us. It's not based on how good we are, on how right we do things, how right we live. I mean, it helps. You know, it's not like, oh, it doesn't matter how I live because God's going to move anyways. It matters. But what he's trying to show us here is that it's like we can get so caught up in the like, but I've done everything right and I'm, and I'm living for you. And like, how come this isn't going to plan? How come this isn't working out for me? I don't get it. It's based on his ability. God's ability. His timing. His plan. He wanted a Savior to be born, and he wanted John to be born to pave the way for Christ. And it was this timing. It was the right time. And it's said that during Christ's time, priests had the opportunity to offer incense in the temple of the Lord once in a lifetime. There were so many priests serving that this, was, this wasn't like Zachariah's everyday job. He didn't show up at the temple and offer incense. It was once in a lifetime casting lots. There wasn't like 10 priests, and then it was like, you know, they they rotated every month, and every priest got a, got a week, got a Sunday. <laughs> it was once in a lifetime that he got this opportunity. And this burning of incense actually signified offered prayers. Every detail matters. It signified offered prayers. It says that the people gathered to worship. We say outside of the temple, people were gathering and offering their prayers. And the priests would go in and burn incense as these offered prayers went up to heaven. And it was at this moment when he was performing this ritual of offering prayers that God chose to come and answer his prayer. And the angel says in verse 13, don't be afraid, Zachariah, God has heard your prayer. Now, funnily enough, this phrase, in its context, the angel is actually saying, God has heard the prayer, you've stopped praying. He's heard the prayer, you're not praying anymore. The one that you've given up on. The one that you just go, well... I'm in my thirties, my life is over. I'm gonna stop having hope for my future. I'm gonna stop believing I can have an impact for the kingdom of God. That's me saying that for myself, if you didn't know that, obviously. Zachariah, well, Elizabeth is barren. And now we're, I don't know, in their 80s, 90s. We can't have kids, it's too late now. I'm not even gonna bother asking. Stop praying that prayer 50 years ago. Given up. And interestingly enough, Zachariah's name means God has remembered. And Elizabeth's name means oath or covenant of God. You see, Zachariah may have forgotten, but God doesn't forget. You may have forgotten, we may have forgotten, but God. He doesn't forget. And he actually gave Zechariah, I love that God gave Zechariah that name as a reminder throughout his life. God has remembered. He could have held on to that, like, my name means God has remembered. Surely God has not forgotten about me. Surely he's not forgotten about me. But he still had doubts. It says in verse 18, Zechariah says to the angel, Proof is there for this. I'm an old man, and my wife is beyond her childbearing years. And I just, this is like a mic drop moment. Because Gabriel just goes, the angel answered him and says, I'm Gabriel. (laughs) Like you're in the temple of the Lord, burning incense, and I show up, and I start talking to you about the promises of God. And it's like, but he says, he says, I'm Gabriel. I stand in God's presence. God sent me here to tell you this good news. Like, what more do we need? It's like, and then he says, in the end, he says, but because you didn't believe what I said, you will be unable to talk until the day this happens. Everything will come true at the right time. He even says it at the right time. Now we can look at Zechariah and be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you didn't believe an angel who showed up right in front of you. But like, how many times have I done this? How many times? God speaks to us. He's faithful. And then it's like, oh, you know, are you sure? I'm getting a little old. I don't have any experience. I haven't stood on a platform like this and spoken in a very long time. I'm just like, and it's okay. I've been fine with it. But then God stirs something in my heart to start doing it again and I'm like, why now? Why Why didn't you let me have some experience? Why? Like, well, I'm 37 years old. Why now? Yelling. <laughs> but like, it Because it hits so, so deeply, and it hits home for me. Because God has spoken so many things, and it's like, oh, I'm going to need some clarification. I'm going to need somebody else to verify what you just said. Yeah. Like, that's what I've done, is I'm like, God speaks to me, and I'm like, wow, can somebody please confirm what you just said? <laughs> God, send somebody. Send a person. Send a finite, fallible human being, to confirm what you, omniscient, omnipresent, perfect father, creator of the universe, just said to me. (laughs) And it's like, oh, wow. And you know, Zachariah gets muted by heaven's remote. It's like, boop, okay. Let's just stop you. We'll just stop you right there. Because we get in our own way. And you know what? God was faithful. It may seem a little intense to like, stop a person from talking. That was probably like a very mild, very gentle way of just shh, shh. Before you, before, you, before you mess it all up, just shh. Because Zechariah had become jaded in the waiting. He had. He'd become hopeless. He lost hope. And the whole point of this is like, don't let yourself become so jaded in the waiting that you doubt when God actually does show up, when he does speak it to you, you're just like, yeah, right, okay. All right, Lord, sure, it's my time now. All right, okay. Like, it happens, and it's like, I, if it hits me like a dagger, because I'm like, oh, Lord. He's merciful, and he's kind. sometimes he's going to mute us, Sometimes he might put something on pause and just be like, nish, so that we don't get in our own way. He has to work stuff out in us in the process. John was born, and Zachariah's tongue was loosed. And I'm sure during that whole process, there was a whole lot of internal work going on in Zachariah, and he wished that he would have just been like, oh yeah, amazing. God has answered my prayer. We see in God's word many times where we're told to keep going, to not give up, to trust in his word. In Galatians 6, 9, it says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, there it is again, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Like, weariness means tired or to fail or to come to an end. If God plants a promise, you best believe there will be a harvest. God's word is perfect. You can doubt every, like, I get it if you doubt like a human being and you doubt kind of like people. I understand that. I'm pretty sure God understands that. But his word never returns void. It always produces fruit. Always. So you can be guaranteed that when you read his word, when you declare his word, and when he speaks his word over you, there's going to be a harvest. We just have to wait for the harvest and be faithful in the process. All right, moving on to Mary. Same angel, same message, different outcome. In Luke 1:26 to 38, it says, Six months after Elizabeth had become pregnant, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a city in Galilee. The angel went to a virgin promised in marriage to a descendant of David named Joseph. The virgin's name was Mary. When the angel entered her home, he greeted her and said, You are favored by the Lord. The Lord is with you. She was startled by what the angel said and tried to figure out what this greeting meant. The angel told her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will become pregnant, give birth to a son, and, and name him Jesus. I just love the details that he says. Why would like if it's from God that like he's so so detailed about what's gonna happen? He's not just like you're gonna have a baby. He will be a great man and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. Your son will be king of Jacob's people forever, and his kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, how can this be? I'm a virgin. The angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come to you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy Child developing inside you will be called the Son of God. Elizabeth, your relative, is six months pregnant, oh, I love this, with a son in her old age. People said she couldn't have a child, but nothing is impossible for God. Mary answered, I am the Lord's servant. Let everything you said happen to me. And then the angel left her. And then we see here it says Mary found favor with God. Remember before it said that Zachariah and Elizabeth had favor with God. She too had his favor on her life. She was a virgin. How can, she's like, how can this happen? I'm not married. Haven't been with a man. It's like, who me? Are you sure you got the right house? Like, are you sure, Lord? This is like not according to our customs at all. At, at all. Mary was greatly troubled for a different reason than Zachariah. For one, men actually didn't address women at all. They didn't greet them in this culture, in this time. They didn't greet them, let alone show up and be like, you are favored of the Lord, and he's with you. She's like, huh? So her troubling was kind of like, why is this man in my house, and why is he saying this to me? Like, this doesn't happen. This doesn't happen. Like, this person in dazzling clothes (laughs) shows up, and she's like, I mean, I'm sure that was that aspect of it, too. She's like, whoa. And he tells her that she's going to birth the Savior of the world. She's going to carry him and birth him. Like, we read this story, and we kind of skip over the humanity side of it. It's like, if somebody showed up and was telling me this stuff, I'd be like, hold up. What? Really? Are you sure? Am I dreaming? Hers wasn't a doubtful state, though. Hers was just more of a, how is this going to work out? She didn't doubt that this could happen. She just goes, like, how is this possible? Like, I've never been with a man. How? How? And things seemed kind of the opposite in her life. Zachariah was like, it's too late. Hers is like, it's too soon. Could have been too soon. Like, if he had waited just, you know, six months later after the wedding, you know, when she's married and it's, It seemed too soon for this thing to happen. But she says she accepts his timing. She accepts his way of doing things. I'm kind of blown away, to be honest. I don't know where she was at to be able to just stand there and receive this news and be like, how's this going to happen? Oh, this is how it's going to happen. Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you, and the baby inside you is going to be from God. She's like, oh, okay, cool. That's how it's going to happen. All right, proceed. Proceed. But she says in verse 38, and I love this, like, I am the Lord's servant. Let everything you have said happen to me. And we know how this story ends. There's a quote from a man named Chuck Smith, and it says, the virgin birth of Jesus will only be a problem for those who have a limited concept of God. And isn't that the truth? And then I kind of took it and said, the way God moves and his timing is only a problem to our limited view of him. Like, how does, this, so how does this all apply to us? The point of all of this isn't to compare one story to the other and one answer to the other. It's very obvious, like one said, okay, what? No, this is impossible, and one was like, oh, okay, it's impossible, but I trust you. If you say it's possible, then it's possible. Maybe by now, you've felt stirrings inside about where all this is going, about your own life about your own view of timelines and God's timing in your life. And you may have perhaps found yourself in one or both of these stories. I found myself in these stories, and I'll never forget when I was in this particular, I read this particular text six years ago when it was all about timing, and God spoke this truth to me so clearly, and he said, I am never too late or too early. Think about that. It might seem like a very simple phrase, but he said that. I am never too late or too early. It's kind of like that quote from Lord of the Rings. Gandalf says it. And he says, a wizard is never late, nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to. God's timing is perfect. He moves precisely when he means to. Like We're the ones who created late and early. God didn't. We try to stick this infinite, limitless God, no beginning and no end, who was and is and is to come. We try to take this God, like just picture it. It's like the square peg and a round hole thing, but it's like taking this like endless God and shoving him into a timeline of a hundred years. Because that's when we think things are possible. And we only think that good things are possible in the first 30 to maybe 40, 45 years of that timeline, and then the rest is just a write-off. Maybe, not, maybe somebody else, said, but I, like, it's, it's, it's true. It's like, oh, Zachariah is like, man, couldn't you give me a child when I was a spring chicken? Like, seriously, Mary, couldn't you have done this a tad earlier, I mean a tad, sorry, later, when like, spare me the rumors, spare, the looks, the side eyes, the whispers. We can't stick an infinite God into a finite timeline. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's impossible. And we can sit and we can go, you know, oh, you know, God, your timing's perfect. I, you know, but like be miserable. (laughs) But like, it's it's not enough just to know that his timing is perfect. It's not enough to know it. We know a lot of things, but it's like, do I accept his timing? Do I accept it? To accept means to take in, to take into oneself. It's like you're taking it, and you're putting it in. Do we accept it? Do you accept his timing? That's a big big question. One, I've had to sit and answer time and time and time and time again and go, okay. Because it's easy to go like, oh yeah, and you see him working in other people's lives and you're like, wow, God, that's amazing. And people are stepping out and things are happening and then God's just like, just waiting. Or who even knows? He has all the time in the world. (laughs) He really does. There's things in your life, if he has said it, He'll do it. He'll do it. He's faithful. Mary had, she gives us a picture of what it means to accept God's timing. She had a submissive faith. She knew what carrying Jesus would mean for her, and yet she submitted. She knew that if he was asking it of her, he was capable of carrying it out, even if she didn't fully understand. And that's a big thing. Okay, God, if this is something you want me to do now, I get it. I may not fully understand why the timing of it, but if you're saying I can do it, and if you're saying go, I'm gonna go. I've given God my yes over this past season. I don't even know what that means when I say yes, I don't know the full scope, but I'm like, I'm tired of wondering what if, and I'm tired of all of that. God, you have my yes. All I know, I may not know much, but all I know is that you have my yes. Let it be unto me as you have said, Lord. I'll never forget when God said to me, too, because I have questioned timing, and he said, if I want you to do something when you're 60... Who says it has to be tomorrow to be from God? When God speaks something into our lives, who says that if I don't wake up tomorrow and it's happening, that it's not from Him? Who says that word that God has placed inside each and every one of you, those things He's spoken to you in secret, on your own in your time with Him, those promises He said? Who's to say that if it does happen tomorrow, And we're like, oh, because sometimes that happens. He speaks, and something happens right away, and we're like, oh, gosh, I'm not ready. Like, I had the stirring in me to speak the word of God, and I brought it forth, that desire. And then I was asked to speak in Advent, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, already? It's too soon, too soon. Like, we're just, we're kind of funny creatures that way. It's like, oh, no, no, I'm not ready. It's like, oh, man, God is taking forever, and then it happens, and you're like, no, 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 okay, I'm not ready. You know, it's just, that's, that's the way we are. And thank God he is not like us. When he said, my ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not your thoughts, that's why we can trust him. Because he's not like us. Reframe that in your mind and go like the unknown. It's like, thank God you are not limited. Thank God you don't go back on your word. You are not a man that you should lie Thank God that you are the God who was and is and is to come. No beginning and no end. Because I can't see the beginning from the end. But you can. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart, but even so people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. We don't know the magnitude of his work. Yet he's made everything beautiful in its time, for its own time. The things that he's placed inside of you, the things he's placed inside of us, are beautiful for their own time. Psalm 31, verse 15 and verse 24, and this is beautiful, it says, but as for me... I trust in you, O Lord. I say you are my God. My times are in your hands. Be strong. Be strong in heart, all you who hope in the Lord. What a beautiful surrender. What a beautiful revelation to have and to hold on to, that our times are in his hands. You don't have to worry. The relief, again, that I felt when I saw that timeline crossed out, I was like, oh. This isn't about what anyone else thinks, too. Side note, this isn't about what anyone else thinks about God's timing in your life, either. People can look and be like, oh, how come you're not this yet? Or how come this hasn't happened yet? Or how come this? Or don't you think you're a little young? Or don't you think you're a little old? It's like, shh, enough. If God said it, he's going to do it. And he will do it in his timing. And his timing is perfect. His timing is beautiful. And it's going to be a blessing when it arrives. But also know that where you are right now, you are in his hands. You may not see the fruit yet of what God has spoken. But you can rest assured you are in his hands. Because God doesn't just make a promise and then leave it sitting on the side of the road. Go, okay. Like, he's carrying you. You are dear to him. He's carrying you. He's not just going to make a promise and just neglect it. That's not who he is. So why is God's timing everything, and why is it perfect? Because his included a Savior. God's timing promised us Jesus. It brought us Jesus. So we can trust his timing, because long before This happened long before John was born, long before Jesus was born. Hundreds of years was prophesied a Savior. A Savior is going to come. And since the beginning of time, our time on this earth, he has had the plan for a Savior. So we can trust his timing because his involved saving us It's pretty incredible. And God's timing and reasoning for things is so that we can be, he can be made known. So that we can see who he is and so that he gets the glory. And that's why things may seem to happen later or sooner than we'd like. Because it's never about us. It's about him. This isn't about me being awesome at what I do. Whoa, I can't even... It's not about that. It involves a greater, grander scheme. And it's for him. Like my best friend of 20 years gets up and tells you what I was like when I was 17. I'm up here, and it's not because I'm awesome, it's because he's awesome. His timing is perfect. It's been 20 years since I stood up in front of people and said, This is what I used to say about church. And I'm standing here today saying, This is what I like, saying things about. A God that I used to be so angry at and misunderstood him and his ways. But it's his glory. If I get to be here and people can look at my life and go, man, God is real. God is real. He's real and he cares about you. He cares about the details. He cares about the days and the hours and the weeks and the months and the years. He cares. So the final question is well there's two questions Will you accept his timing Will we accept his timing If his word says it goes out it says in Isaiah 55:11 so is my word that goes out from my mouth it will not return to me empty but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Like I said, rest assured, if God says it, it's gonna do something. He is going to do something. It's him, it's him. He's infallible, he's perfect, he's holy, he's sovereign. So it's us who need to surrender and shift our thinking. So, what do you need to surrender to His timing? The Savior that was sent, the perfect time. He was sent to show the world who God is and how much He loves us. What are some things, or a thing, that's been sitting on you, weighing on you? that you can surrender to His timing, that you get to surrender to His timing, that you can let go of and trust that it will be made beautiful, that it was actually made beautiful already, but that His timing is not like ours. He operates outside of it. And if you're still breathing and you haven't seen the fulfillment, he's not done. There's a line in a song that says you could have saved us in a second and instead you sent a child. Why didn't he just send a savior riding on a horse with a sword just like take over the world? Because he wanted to be God with us. Emmanuel He wanted to be God with us, not God just separate and like awesome in this, like, God with us, Emmanuel, God with us. He wanted the world to know their Father. He wanted to walk with us, talk with us, show us that he understands (laughs) what we're going through. That there's a better way to live. Surrendered to His timing, we get eternity also after this. Not for nothing. A hundred years, maybe, if we eat the right things, <laughs> cardio, <laughs> and then we get eternity. Forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And we can't even. Con- we can't even fathom what eternity. pray firstly a prayer of surrender and if you would just you can even pray your own words as I'm praying this prayer but God Holy Father Sovereign Lord over everything we could ever know and then some you have no beginning and no end and right now in this room in this building, in this city, on this day, we surrender, we choose surrender. If you choose surrender, just say, I I choose surrender. I surrender my timeline, I surrender the days, I surrender the preconceived notions, the doubts, the fears, Surrender it all, God. Thank you for showing us how deeply you care, how much you know about us. (laughs) You made us. And you didn't just make us and then forget about what goes on in our lives. You know every intimate detail. So we surrender to you. Holy Spirit, come and refresh and revive dreams. Remind us again. Remind us again those words that maybe we've forgotten, the prayers we've stopped praying, the things we've maybe given up on that you don't forget, that you remember because you spoke them and you never forget the words you say. And I pray right now, God, for a comfort, for a release over these people, over your church, over us. I speak right now, joy to come back. Joy in the waiting. Joy knowing that it's going to happen. But the joy of just getting to live for you surpasses anything we could accomplish for you. Breathe, Holy Spirit. Breathe. Breath of life. your people we love you father thank you for this revelation thank you for showing us who you are thank you for being God with us thank you for taking that time to walk with us to know us to love us to care for us thank you God we're so grateful and right now father if there's anyone there's anyone in this room or anyone listening if you don't know this Jesus and you haven't had the opportunity to know the beauty of surrender to his timing I want to take the time to pray and you know what we can all pray it in this room as well pray this prayer say God thank you for sending Jesus to save me today I repent of my sins Thank you for living for me, for dying for me, and redeeming me. Today I give you my life. Change me, renew me, transform me. I'm yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To hear more, subscribe to this podcast and connect with us on our website at lgcy.church.